Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Red Pill Your Healthcast. My name is Dr. Charlie Fagenholtz, and I'm here with Lauren Johnson, nurse practitioner. And we have another really good episode this week for y'all. We're going to be talking about two things, thyroid and EMF, electromagnetic frequencies, and they go hand in hand. But the reason why we're talking about thyroid is because most of you have heard about your thyroid by now. One of the biggest reasons is because there is a lots of drugs at the end of that rainbow, similar to cholesterol. But let's break down what thyroid is, uh, some of the main topics. I, we will preface by saying this is a week-long course at least, and we're going to try to talk about it in 30 minutes or less. So we're going to touch on the topics we think that you should know um, and some at-home action steps to help you and your loved ones. So I'm going to throw it over to you first, Lauren. What do you want people to know about thyroid? Let, let's talk about a little bit of the basics. So first, we have to look at the way conventional medicine approaches this. And that is because that's where typically first people go. When, when they have, when they start feeling like there's something off, they'll go to their primary care and they'll get tested. What your primary care is testing is they're testing a TSH. Some will test a total T4 too, and that's it. But typically they just check a, a, a TSH. TSH is thyroid stimulating hormone. It is a marker for the pituitary. It is not a marker for thyroid function. And if it is elevated, so optimal, I would say optimal is like one to three, one to two. What are your thoughts on that? Do you have a 1.8 1, 1. to three is what I try to strive for. But if someone's one to three, I let it pass. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you don't want it to be too high or too low, obviously. Um, but conventional medicine does nothing until 10 until the TSH is 10. And this is still today to this day, they will not do anything. They'll say, sometimes they'll say subclinical hypothyroidism, but then they, they really usually just pass it off and don't do much. Um, and so they don't check antibodies. And even if they do check antibodies, they, and you have an, an, a Hashi or a Graves disease diagnosis, they don't recheck them ever again because they yep. say, once you have them, you always have them. And that's just not true. Sure. Um, and so I want to say that you, in order to fully check thyroid function, you need to, um, you need to look at the whole thyroid picture. And this looks like checking multiple levels. This looks like checking T3 uptake, free T3, total T3, uh, free T4, total T4, TSH is part of it, um, reverse T3, TPO antibodies, um, and then uh, the other antibodies as well. So, and then from those, you can tell some nutrient deficiencies. You can tell some issues that are happening with the thyroid. Um, and so you can't really get a full picture of what's going on with the thyroid unless you're checking it out completely, which I think is the biggest issue that we have. Absolutely. And <clears throat> I like how you mentioned Hashimoto's and Graves because the most common cause of low thyroid function in the world is Hashimoto's. Yep. And when we talk about autoimmune people, this is an immune system issue. We have to treat the immune system. So for you to throw thyroid meds at an autoimmune patient, their labs might change, but they won't feel better. Well, and that's another thing I want to, I, I should say is a lot of times people will be put on Synthroid, um, which is synthetic T4 and is not T3. And you, so a lot of times you need both. If you're going to, if you're going to 
prescribe a medicine or you're going to supplement with one of those things, you need both because if the liver is not converting T4 to T3, it's not going to help at all. Um, but there are still people that even if they are given T3, um, they still may not feel better. And that is because that there is an adrenal component. There is a gut component that if we're not looking at the gut, then it's not going to help with medicine. It's not going to help with you if you take a medication. One thing I will say that I just learned about this morning, I didn't mention this before, that the package insert for thyroid medicines say to not take it if you have an adrenal insufficiency. Um, and now that they might mean auto, um, like Addison's disease or something like that, but it, a lot of adrenal issues can impact whether the thyroid will even thyroid medicine will even work. And, or will even, uh, or, or should even be given, or um, if it's going to be, if it's going to be fixed. And so I, as something that you need to consider is our, you know, are the other factors related to the thyroid dysfunction? Yes. And so you talked about T4, T3, T3 is the active form of thyroid hormone. And in humans, a healthy ratio of T4 to T3 is 12 to one. Now you talked about the synthetic T3 in the synthroid. Yeah. Um, there are a handful of people who I've found have been primary hypothyroidism. And I always say, if you're going to jump on medicine, then nature thyroid is what I used to use, but they discontinued that. So the next best thing I found was armor thyroid because it actually comes from porcine, which is pig. And the pig endocrine system is the closest thing to the human endocrine system. So it, it is kind of like a glandular. Um, and so if you're, if you're in between one of those two, I would go armor over synthroid all day long. What are your thoughts on MP thyroid? Uh, well, that's what I would call nature thyroid or nature thyroid. Yeah, yeah. So they they yeah. still make MP thyroid. Oh, I heard that they stopped making it. Yeah, they still make it. Oh well, um, if you have if you have access it, to that, that's my that would be my go to if you have to be on meds. If you've if you have exhausted everything else, um, that would be my my go to for that. And armor is owned by Synthroid. So that is something mm -hmm. to consider um, when looking at that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But a lot of conventional providers, if you're going and asking for nature thyroid or MP thyroid, they're not going to give you it. They're going to give you Synthroid because they don't, they That's don't, right. they say it, they said they'll, they'll give you some excuse and it's like, no, like I want the actual hormone um, and not the synthetic T4 version that, you know, cause there's such, there's so many other components to thyroid. And so even if, you have to find a provider that's willing to give you that medicine if you're going to go that route. Yes. And so let's talk about how to not get to that route in the first right. place. So we're talking about the immune system. We got to make sure that it's not Hashimoto's because that is by far the most common thing. And it will be missed constantly because as Lauren said, no one runs a full thyroid panel. They just run the TSH and maybe T4, T3. Then they don't do any of the free forms. They don't do reverse T3, T3 reuptake. Um, they definitely don't look at TPO antibodies because as she said, if you have it, they say there's nothing you can do about it, but nothing can be further from the truth. Um, if you have Hashimoto's or really any autoimmune disease on top of getting to the root cause. So always check infections, check food sensitivities, limit your toxins. That's what causes autoimmune issues. The one thing I will say across the board is turmeric and resveratrol do really, really well for autoimmune things. And so if any of my patients have any type of autoimmune, those are the first two things that I put into their protocols because it's so good for balancing the autoimmune system. Now, you've heard us talk before, one of the biggest things for autoimmunity and infections is parasites and viruses. 
And so we have to look at those and we're not going to spend the whole time talking about that. We will do more episodes about it. Uh, you've heard us talk on Instagram, you, you know, it's, it's kind of not, I don't want to say being a dead horse, but let's just kind of really focus on thyroid today. Um, you mentioned the adrenal glands. In my experience, if it's not Hashimoto's, most people's thyroid issue is actually too much cortisol and adrenal stress because cortisol, which is your stress hormone, turns down the conversion from T, of T4 to T3, which T3 is your active thyroid hormone. And where does this happen? In the liver and kidneys. Well, what's the liver? A detoxification organ. So look at what the liver has to detoxify in order to help open up those liver pathways so that you can convert your thyroid hormone properly. We talked about parasites a second ago. One of the most common reasons for thyroid issues is subclinical anemia because parasites will eat your iron. So definitely got to check your blood, your hemoglobin, your RBCs, all that type of stuff. Um, I'm just going to kind of go on a rant here. I, I want to touch on some things. Here's one thing that you guys can all look at at home. Now, in applied kinesiology, which is the form, uh, the form of muscle testing that I use, essentially, it all comes from a, a technique called applied kinesiology. And in applied kinesiology, every muscle is related to organs, similar to meridians in Chinese medicine. And the thyroid muscle is the teres minor, which is in your shoulders, essentially. It's in, basically on your scapula, your angel wings, as some people call them. And for people who have primary thyroid issues, that muscle, whenever there's an issue, the muscle will turn weak. And when it turns weak, the opposite of side of the joint will turn tight. So you'll start getting different postures. The thyroid posture is when both hands, as you're walking, you're at, if your palms face backwards, if both of them do, I usually find there is a thyroid issue. If it's only one, then it could be more musculoskeletal and things like that. But if someone's walking and their knuckles face forward, and their palms face backwards, right away I start thinking I need to check their thyroid. So that's a little clinical pearl for, for you at home. You can just check yourself out walking. You can start checking people walking in the airports and wherever you are, and you can start pointing out, maybe that person has a thyroid issue. Maybe that person has a thyroid issue. That, that's what I like to do, but I'm also a little different than people. So I find it's humorous sometimes. Um, furthermore, big one right here, Lauren and I talked about this before we jumped on, the connection between thyroid and progesterone. We talked about hormones and progesterone is a crucial one. Here's the connection. Progesterone stimulates TPO production, which is uh, thyroid peroxidase. Um, or, uh, why am I blanking out? Thyroid peroxidase, not antibodies, but just thyroid peroxidase. Yeah. And that, that increases your T4 and T3. So if you have low progesterone, you're not going to have enough T4 and T3 to even have converted in your liver and kidneys. And on the flip side, after you have enough of that, your thyroid hormone actually sensitizes all your body cells to progesterone. So a sluggish thyroid may give you symptoms of low progesterone, even if you have enough of it. So it's kind of that vicious circle. So uh, you will see that quite often. Um, one thing you also see on blood work is if your triglycerides and your cholesterol are elevated, yeah. a lot of times that could be, uh, blood sugar, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it is thyroid, which does go hand in hand with blood sugar for obvious reasons with adrenals and stuff. And it goes um, cortisol. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what'll happen is your cholesterol, the LDL, the bad cholesterol will elevate because there's less available to get into your cells. So it'll hang out in your blood and your LDLs will go up. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think that the, the, one of the biggest things that conventional medicine mixes the most is that connection between the cholesterol and the liver and the thyroid. Um, and so it's funny if you look at that and you see it, you're like, wow, I can't unsee it. And then, but then so many providers just totally skip over that in, in that connection. If you work on the liver, you can really support, um, you know, thyroid function and you can support, uh, you know, if you have any, um, cholesterol and just helping your body to get rid of these toxin exposures. Do you want to go over some of the toxin exposures that might be impacting, um, thyroid? And so some of the things that we've mentioned, like, uh, in the past with, uh, pesticides, um, that will definitely inhibit thyroid uptake of iodine. It will bind to thyroid hormone, uh, transport protein. So something to think about is with pesticide exposure, we are all going to be exposed to pesticides, but it's just trying to limit it the best we can, making sure you're washing your produce, um, things like that. Chloride no. in the water and radiation, EMS in the water. And so um, chlorine in the water, um, it, it, yes, it got rid of the, 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 the communicable diseases that were in the water, but it, it replaced it with this, these awful effects, um, of, you know, these disinfection byproducts. And so, and that has more than just a thyroid effect. And so, um, you know, there's multiple effects that it has on the body. And so filtering your water. And then obviously something that I've talked about a lot is fluoride. Um, fluoride is anti-thyroid. Um, the fact that, you know, and you were saying this beforehand, um, that, th uh, Europe uses it to treat hyperthyroidism, um, yep. fl uses fluoride to treat hyperthyroidism. And then the U S we, what do we do? We give it to everybody. Yeah. We put in our toothpaste, we clean your teeth with it. Um, that's just the American way. We take what they're using in Europe to kill something. And we're like, huh, that's a good idea. Let's just give it to all our people and make them customers and all that type of stuff. Right. And then, um, a couple more. So dioxins are something that decrease thyroid function. Um, a lot of women have issues with dioxin exposure. It's in tampons and feminine products. Um, but there's other, um, routes of exposure as well. And then another one would be, um, heavy metals. Yes. And all that stuff, um, is part of terrain theory, right? So if we have a, a really bad terrain theory or terrain in our system, then we can entertain it more infections. And it's just that vicious circle again. It's going to make you more likely to be, you know, succumb to infections. And so this all matters. It's not just the virus or it's not just the radiation. It's not just the nutrient deficiency, um, which we all know that toxicity creates deficiency. So it's this vicious cycle though. It's like this whole setup. It's not just the one thing. Absolutely. And clinically, what I'll find on a lot of my patients is with thyroid, a lot of Epstein-Barr type viral issues, um, cytomegalovirus, I pick up a ton. Uh, I would say viruses and parasites are the two most common infections that affect the thyroid. And especially with Hashimoto's, I usually find both, but it's like the, the parasite drives up the uh, TH17, which is an autoimmune immune pathway. Uh, and then the virus because when that happens, you lower your ability to fight off viruses. We talked about it in our allergy podcast. Now the virus goes and attacks the thyroid. And so everything that we've just mentioned essentially sets you up for an autoimmune issue, which is why Hashimoto's is the most common reason today why we have such low thyroids. And it really comes from toxicity. So, and one more thing about exposures impacting Hashi or the thyroid, um, gluten is something we haven't mentioned. Uh, but the gluten, pro it, the protein looks just like the thyroid and the body will compute. It's called molecular mimicry. 
And so if somebody has a diagnosis of Hashi or even low thyroid and no Hashi diagnosis, I would still try gluten-free for six weeks um, at least. Um, If you have a Hashi diagnosis, you probably just need to be off gluten. Yes. And I would say uh, clinically, the other two that I find is dairy and nightshades. Dairy. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with Hashi. Some other grains. What about like quinoa and stuff like that? grains in general will irritate autoimmune generally. Okay. Uh, yeah. But I also try to make it doable for people at first. So I stick to more of the autoimmune yeah. active right. foods, gluten, dairy, nightshade. Right. Right. It's something that you don't want to stress. Like I am not all about restriction when it comes to this mm-hmm. stuff. And so, um, because I feel like that's more stressful, especially as a mom, like making food for myself, making food for my kids, it's incredibly hard to do it all and to do all the things you, the other things you need to do and work or whatever. And so, um, start with one thing. Don't think because you can't do it all. doesn't mean you can't start somewhere. And so I think starting with filtering your water, starting with gluten-free things like that are, are, you know, super helpful. Absolutely. And so one other thing before we mention like what's some good nutrients for the thyroid, and then we'll move on to EMF is in gluten, there's a lot of bromine in gluten because it makes it shelf stable. And so if you look at the periodic table for all you uh, chemistry nerds, um, the halogens are all the way to the right and the top halogen is fluoride. And then underneath it is chlorine and bromine. And then the littlest one is iodine. And in chemistry, the larger molecules will always displace the smallest molecule. That's why we're so iodine deficient is because we're pumping our system full of halogens from our environment. Yep. Yep. And they're, I mean, it's everywhere. And they used to, they used to condition the bread with iodine and then they stopped doing it in the seventies. And so it just made it even worse. And actually we did see a lot where people were less iodine deficient during that time before that, when they were using that to condition the bread. Um, and so since they took it out and then they added fluoride to the water, um, they added bromine to the flour, like they, they've done everything to really set up this hold uh halogen you know toxicity that's present yep absolutely so uh before we move on emf what's the best nutrients what can people look into uh for taking for their thyroid health well um we talked about ashwagandha um being super helpful uh for stress i mean that is something and then some people will get more depressed ashwagandha i do tend to like the uh, whole complex of it so like something like optimal um, adrenal from seeking health is something that i've used um, I do really like, um, the adaptogens. I think it is helpful. Um, yeah. and so that just depends on, on you, uh, some iodine can be needed, but you want to make sure there's no Hashi present because that can yeah. make it worse. Um, if you are, if you do have Hashi and you take, and you take iodine and then selenium is a big one. Yes. And so, um, you said that some people feel a little more depressed than ashwagandha, my, in my experience, those people are actually nightshade sensitive because ah. ashwagandha is a nightshade. Yeah, there you and go. So there's why. a little clinical pearl with that, which is why my favorite adaptogen is actually Shasandra. Okay. Um, because no, that's Shasandra. Is... Okay. I asked you this earlier. Is Shasandra, okay. Shasandra okay while pregnant and breastfeeding? The company will tell you no. Yeah. Here, here's one thing that I'll say, and this is totally my, this is not coming from Lauren. This is coming from me. I want to preface that is if you are able to take antibiotics during pregnancy (laughs) and during breastfeeding, I don't care what we talk about. Nothing is as toxic as those. 
And well, so or all the in- things that we injected to you. hundred percent. Right? So like, so like, are we really saying like, oh, is this plant safe or not for breastfeeding? Like, uh, there are some things that are tera- that there are teratogenic, like you know, but that it's that's really not usually the case. Um, it's right. that it's that it hasn't been studied. Exactly. Um, and so you know, I can't. We're not gonna like be able to like tell you specific advice on on all that stuff, other than to say. Um, you know, go at it. Like, what else are they telling you that is okay to introduce into your body when you're pregnant or breastfeeding, um, that you should really question more. So, so Shasandra is my favorite because one, it produces glutathione. It opens your liver pathways, which is where a lot of thyroid hormones converted and it balances your stress hormone. That's why people do so well on it. Um, we talked iodine, uh, we talked selenium and selenium helps convert thyroid hormone too. one other one is tyrosine. And tyrosine comes from red meat. Yes. And animal protein. That's where it comes from. Yeah. I love animals, but I also love my physiology and my neurology. And I want all of the nutrients I can to get that proper. I think, I think that we probably should do a whole podcast on like animal foods and like, just like the arguments against them and the arguments (laughs) for them, because it's, it's so, it's so opposite of what you see in mainstream um, news and it's like, goodness gracious, how have we, how have we come so far away from this and where it has been demonized or it's even made to look like if you consume animal foods, it's carcinogenic. No, right. our bodies were created to, to, to take in these nutrients. There are many things that you cannot get without taking in foods from animals. You just um, look at your teeth, your teeth yeah. that show you what we should yeah. be eating. Yeah. We have sharp teeth, but sharp teeth don't break down vegetables. Molars break down vegetables. Sharp teeth break down animal protein. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, we talked iodine. Uh, here's a clinical pearl. One of the things that I'll use a lot with thyroid patients, even is if they're on thyroid medication, because it will allow their thyroid medication to work better, uh-huh. is parotid tissue. Okay. Your parotid tissue is by your salivary glands. And the main function of it is to take the iodine out of the food to absorb it properly. Ah. And one thing that will shut down your parotid is heavy metal toxicity. Yeah. Which who doesn't have heavy metal toxicity right now? But right. well, it, first of all, vaccines, we've talked about that in the previous yep. episodes. Um, but in the things in the air that are coming down, um, aluminum, yep. the geoengineering that is happening. Um, it, I mean, and there is evidence like that is like something the government has admitted to is geoengineering. So it's not like I'm just like a conspiracy tinfoil hat, you know, like it, this is, there is evidence. <laughs> Um, but if you look up in the sky, there's evidence because you know no airplanes going crisscross applesauce all over the sky. Um, right. and, but yet you see these streaks. And so it's something that to consider that there is aluminum in there and other things as well that will be contributing to heavy metal toxicity. Yep. And then you've heard us talk about metals from those to displace your minerals because minerals are metals. So making yep. sure you have besides selenium, you have magnesium, you have calcium, you have all the, the proper um, minerals and essential fatty acids. And then um, with the liver, you know, I really do like Tudka. Um, I know mm-hmm. your, what are your thoughts on liver support? Yeah, well, Tudka is for gallbladder, which is the rate limiting step of the liver. So, uh, I, I will, I actually used it yesterday with a patient. Um, I like milk thistle. Some people don't, yeah. I prefer yeah. Shisandra over milk thistle, but okay. I still will use milk thistle. Um, and, uh, uh, I love artichoke to get the bile flowing. Yep. Yeah. Um, one supplement that we will talk about next on EMF is called Bodyguard Supreme. 
It is chanca piedra, historically used for gallstones and kidney stones. Um, but it's really, really good for gallbladder bile flow, and it's great for EMF protection. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I, that, those are the main things about thyroid. Is there anything that we missed before we go into EMF? Oh, medications that cause an inability to convert T4 to T3. I think this is really interesting. Did you know birth control pills cause that? Um, birth control is like that in proton pump inhibitors and, and statins are like the three stooges. They're just oh, destroying no. everything. I, you know what? That's right. There, if you look at that, I mean, how if, are we not? Those three. You are like if ruining the, that. Okay. Yes. If those three uh, were not there, how much healthier we would be as a society, as long as people have the right information on how to live a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something to consider is like, how are we not setting our women up for, um, for, for hypothyroid if we're giving everyone birth control? And we know we are because the second anyone has any period issues or any hormonal imbalances or anything, they're like, here you go. Here's your birth control. Um, and, and that would include, um, synthetic, uh, hormones from, from IUDs as well. Um, okay. Yeah. I think we went over that, you know, it's not, it's adrenals, it's the liver, uh, it's toxin exposure, some yeah. nutrient deficiencies. Cause I do think if we're not, if we're eating on the go, we're eating, you know, we're not sitting down to eat our food um, and we're yep. not eating good quality food. Like if we're, you know, then that can definitely just be a deficiency by itself and not necessarily from a toxicity. It's just that we're just not eating the right things. Um, I mean, if, if, are, if you're traveling and you're eating happy meals, yeah, uh, probably well, ain't going to get you good organic food processed foods that are on the go. Like even if that's all you're eating, yeah. Um, and so you just really have to sit down and, 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 and take it. And then at the same time, when you're eating out all the time, you're eating, getting a lot of inflammatory oils, um, that congest the liver as well. So like try to eat at home, try to eat whole foods, try to eat nutrient dense, um, yeah. try to support the adrenals, you know, for adrenals, I, I do love adrenal cocktails and that is because we burn through salt, uh, sodium and potassium. Um, and we just don't get enough salt. I think we, we think that we do, and we just don't, and it's usually from processed foods and that's not, that's not what you need. Um, and so, um, adrenal cocktails are very helpful. Sometimes adrenal glandulars are helpful, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, and you want to, in my opinion, what I see clinically is if you're going to do glandulars, I would take them at breakfast Yeah. and I would start slow with glandulars. And then at lunch, I would do the adaptogens. Yeah. That's just kind of what I find because adaptogens help with the stress, which really shuts down every system, especially the adrenals. Um, but then there's, you know, some people need that like push through life. And so I would use a uh, glandular similar to most people use caffeine. Yeah. That, that's, that's how, what I do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think if we get back to that, if we look at like what organ is, is, is congested or what organ is, is, malfun is, is malfunctioning or low functioning. And we kind of say, okay, let's support that with, with the, the a similar organ. Like that would, you really can see a whole lot of improvement if you just look at it from that approach. hundred percent. Um, okay. So I think we, we went through all that. So next we were going to talk about, um, EMF. EMFs. And so you were saying that EMFs are most common or radiation most commonly affects the thyroid. Tell, tell me about that. Yes. And so we just talked about iodine a lot and iodine is the number one nutrient that helps you against radiation. And so where are the two most highly concentrated organs in your body with iodine, your thyroid and your ovaries and testes. Mm. 
And so we have a lot of infertility going on. So I always check people for EMF in, in my office. And so a few years ago, I was living in California and I was invited to speak on some panel to the, was it Costa Mesa or Newport? I think it was Costa Mesa. Yeah, it was Costa Mesa, California. Um, it was the uh, stand before you get your two minutes, you stand before the whole jury or not jury, but whatever the council is or whatever. And I was supposed to tell them why we shouldn't put 5G towers in. There's probably a room full of 100 people on a Tuesday night. It almost was like people screaming at these people. It was kind of hilarious. But what I said to them was that EMF is the new smoking. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I said that is because we don't know, we don't have the studies because it takes long-term studies. So what I said was, if we went back 60 years and you knew uh, things about smoking then that you know now, would you say that we should do it in public places? Mm-hmm. And it kind of was a silence in the room of like, whoa, that, that kind of hits home a little bit. And, yeah. and so the reason why I say it's actually worse than smoking is because smoking is at least controllable. Right. You can stop smoking. You can get away from secondhand smoke. You can't get away from secondhand EMF. If no, you turn I mean, it's if you your phone, yeah, if you look at your phone right now, I guarantee you you're picking up all your neighbors' Wi-Fi's. So yeah. we are living in a sea of Wi-Fi. When you, when we go to Europe, what does everyone do in Europe when they're from America or other countries? They go to the cafes to get the free Wi-Fi and they sit down and have a drink. And it's like a hundred different networks you're picking up. So you are living in a sea of Wi-Fi. Here's one of the biggest issues with that. The main guidelines to EMF safety have not been changed since 1985. That is crazy. Do you think that our technology has changed at all since 1985? I do. And there's a great, 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 great YouTube video that I will look it up in a second. Um, Send me the link and I can put it in the show. I I will. And so what it is, is about a study that was done in India for 10 days. They took two beehives. And if anyone knows anything about bees, they never abandon their queen ever, no matter what. If they're going to war, they will never abandon their queen. They put a cell phone in each beehive and turned for 10 minutes a day. They turned one on and left one off. They did it for 10 straight days. In 10 days, the phone that was on for only 10 minutes a day, they abandoned the queen. That doesn't happen. Mm. There's no placebo in that. So what do they know that we don't? They know that it's not suitable for living conditions. Yeah. That's a huge issue. That brings up my next example. I'm, I'm going to give you guys these examples to show you some of the uh, the studies or um, issues that have happened. So I brought this up when I talked in Costa Mesa. And ironically, when I was having my teeth cleaned last month, the person who was cleaning it was from a place called Ripon, California. The reason why that's funny, well, not funny, but ironic is because I've never met anyone from Ripon, California, but I do know this story that came out of Ripon that I quoted and she was like, yep, 100% was a huge deal. Our whole town, you know, blah, blah, blah. Here's the story. There's a elementary school in Ripon called Weston Elementary. This school allowed Sprint to place a cell phone tower on their campus, even after there was multiple parent meetings, multiple uh, pushback, and uh, they went ahead and did it anyways. Now, here's what happened. Within two years, there was four students and three teachers that developed cancer, Mm. brain tumors being the most common. Two preschool age kids who live near the school also were were diagnosed with brain tumors and leukemia in those two years. Sprint ended up removing those towers 
and it became a huge, huge deal. Uh, this is also why 5G is banned in a lot of European countries because they that. don't, yeah, they don't know the safety of it. And so, of course, they would assume, yeah. They don't know. They just don't know. And that's why, I mean, they, they ban um, antibiotic fed animals in Europe too. So Europe's usually ahead of the game compared to America. Europe, and, a lot and with of chemicals and, pro- and personal care products, they assume that something is dangerous until it is proven safe. Whereas in our country, we assume something is safe until proven dangerous. And that is the biggest issue. Um, Absolutely. That you have to be a, your own advocate in our country. Well, in, in every country, it, no matter where you live, you have to be your own advocate, but um, definitely. Totally do. So one last thing I will talk about before we get into a little bit of the chemistry of EMF is there are no insurance agencies that will provide insurance for um, EMF. And the reason why is because the Swiss Re Institute, which is the world's uh, leading provider of insurance, classifies 5G as a high off the leash risk, stating that it is similar to asbestos. Mm. That's okay. a big deal. So radiation. So how does it affect my goodness? Oh, like that's just so it's just so heavy because then you feel like what 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 can I do? Like what's the point? What's the point mm-hmm. of in this lo- less toxic living if, I if will, I'm just gonna be exposed to radiation anyways? I will get to all that. Let's let's keep going and we will get to that. So the last thing I want to say about it is this is straight from Verizon Wireless. They tell their shareholders all of this without telling their customers. This is straight from them. Our wireless business faces personal injury and consumer class action lawsuits relating to alleged health effects of wireless phones or radio frequency transmitters. We may incur significant expenses in defending these lawsuits. In addition, we may be required to pay significant awards or settlements. That is a huge, huge issue. It is in their form 10K on their annual reporting if you're not in America, it is the form 20F and 40F. And it's uh, with the SEC and, and all those people. Yeah. So big wireless is very, very close to big pharma. Yeah. They are giants yeah. that don't need the safety studies. They just don't. Mm. And that's a big issue. So now, <clears throat> now that I scared half of you to death. Yeah. Well, cause that's why I don't even talk about that much on Instagram because it's so overwhelming for so many people that they just, then they feel paralyzed and then they're like, well, what's the point of me looking out for fragrance or for fluoride? If it's going to be, if radiation is going to get me anyways. And so, um, what are some steps, what are some, well, first, what, how does it affect the body? And as, as far as the thyroid goes. So the biggest things that I find one is uh, well, there's a few that I'm going to mention, but one, our brain waves function at 0.5 Hertz to 35 Hertz max 5g vibrates at 28 billion to 39 billion Hertz. Oh my goodness. That's so now you have all this ADD, ADHD, anxiety, all that type of stuff. Oh. You have constantly shifting, uh, your DNA essentially. And so, oh. so what else is it doing? It's depleting your B6 and B6 mm-hmm. is what's needed. That's a huge need huge. It, it detoxes your estrogen. Yes. It produces glutathione and it produces melatonin, which is your sleep. That is so the one of the biggest things with people with anxiety too, is B6 yes. need. And so now you have this constant exposure to something that's creating and symptom wise, most of the issues that we're seeing. So when we talk about sleep, my first two things is control your blood sugar, unplug your router and take some of these things for EMF. And let's see if that changes it 
for you. Now, there's a great book uh, that I recommend reading. It's called The Invisible Rainbow. And it goes over all the times in history that we've introduced electricity and electromagnetic frequencies and all different diseases that were introduced at the same time. And on top of that, uh, it will go over all the symptoms of electricity poisoning and it will shock you on how much of it lines up to the most common issues we have today. Ooh, yeah. So now that that's heavy, let's talk more about what we can do. So we said iodine, huge yeah. thing. If you don't have Hashimoto's, we have other things for you, but iodine is a big deal to get into your system. I prefer Alaria Supreme. It is a seaweed that comes with iodine. You know, people eat a lot of seaweed, seaweeds high in iodine. Um, there's, there's Regenerzyme thyroid from Vervita that has iodine and thyroid tissue in there. Uh, and then for the people who can't handle iodine, Lauren, you and I have talked about rosemary being really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Rosemary is a great kids, one. I use a biotics research liquid iodine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The iodine uh, forte. But that is something that you have to be careful with how much you do. Yep. Yep. So, so, um, obviously talk to your healthcare provider. Yeah, you, you yeah. Should, everyone should be seeing someone who's utilizing frequency medicine and functional medicine, preferably both. Um, but if you can find someone who's muscle testing or something that asks your body, your physiology, uh, what agrees and what doesn't with you, I right. bet you, I guarantee you that your health will go in a better direction. Right. And then the last one that I always talk about is bodyguard Supreme. It is Chanka Piedra classically used for gallstones and kidney stones, but I find in our testing, it blocks EMF signals wonderfully. And that's something I do want to say, we talk a lot about different supplements, but like you can't be taking 20 supplements and I don't True. recommend you take that. It's going to change daily based off what you, what your body needs. And I typically just say, you kind of have to know your body and listen to your body and say what, and know what it needs today. Um, and so I think it's a slow, and then like, and that, that, that muscle is developed with trusting your body and like, just in, and learning your body. Um, yes. and so, you know, I thought we're, no one's telling you to get on 20 supplements. I am not, I typically am at like eight supplements at most a day for yes. people. Cause I just think it gets too much. And obviously they are, they are filtered in the liver too. Um, but I do think that having them available at home, um, and, you know, and having, you know, having access to them is, is helpful. And, and I think another, that you bring up a great point is we should do critical point analysis for instance, like rosemary is great for EMF, but it's also great for detoxing estrogen through the liver. So if you're in your head, you're like, Hey, I have estrogen dominance. Hey, I live around I have computers and I drive a Tesla and I use microwaves. Like maybe I'm exposed to too much radiation. Rosemary might be a better thing for you than say iodine or bodyguard. Yeah. So try to, try to use things. That's why I like to use things that have broad spectrum, but, uh, let's talk also about what we can do with things like stopping using microwaves and yeah. turning off your Wi-Fi at night. What what are yeah. some other things that you like to do that are more at home type stuff? The switch on the, there's a switch you can get um, for Wi-Fi. On the power box. Huh? Uh, I thought, so, so some people will actually turn off their, go to their like electrical outlet or whatever their box yeah. in their house and turn off all of it at night. And to that's make fun it. too. I, I think it just, there's different options, different things that you can do. Tech wellness has a lot of those things. Um, that I like, I like a lot of what she puts out and I think she has a lot of solutions for this stuff. Um, yeah. 
a smart meter in your home is something that if you can get it switched out, that is great. There are cages that you can have to be put over it. There are cages that you can put over your router too. Um, and so those are all things to think about. And then one thing we mentioned before that we wanted to mention again was um, water, that if you are exposed to EMS through water, right? Yep. Yeah, so radium in our ground um, will leach radiation into our drinking water. And so the only true way to get that out of your water, if there is high amounts of that, which I did see more in California than I do in Tennessee. So it's it's not consistent across everywhere, but it's, uh, it is out there, is distilled water. It's the only way of getting radiation out of water is distilled okay. water. Okay. Um, one other thing that we use in our house is the EMF grounding bags that you've heard me talk about. Uh, we put them under our couches, under our beds, and it kind of builds a little Faraday cage around you without disturbing your meridians and chakras and electromagnetic frequencies of your body, which I can't say that for most other products. I, in California, we had so many people bring in EMF stuff to test for us to sell. Yeah. And this was the only one that tested amazing time in and time out. So that's why you hear me talk about it all the time. I do have like a radiation, like an EMF blanket. I will say that they do um, like push off the EMFs onto the person next to you from um, inside or the people around you. I think, but like, I like to think about it as going on like a plane. Like that's a good situation that you might want to say, okay, that's, that's needed. Um, well, I have a good, a good thing about planes. You just reminded me. Yeah. So, so what happens is we build up all this EMF in our system. Well, what also helps clear it is the frequencies of the earth. So grounding and getting yeah. your feet in the grass on the beach on things like that for 30 minutes a day is phenomenal. But on airplanes, because I'm about to fly tomorrow night, what I'll do is I'll take my shoes off and I'll put my foot on the metal piece that's in the chair in front of me because metal has to be grounded. Mm. And there so I will do that the whole flight. Yeah, there you go. Um, laptops. Um, I understand. I like to work uh, on, I like to work sitting on my couch with my computer on my laptop. There are little like EMF blanket things. Um, but just try to put it on a table in front of you or a desk in front of you. It's yep. really going to be the best. And I'll, I'll usually just do one of those EMF bags with me too. And that yeah. instantly for sure. And, and I definitely, you can ground like your home, like you can wire your home and not make it Wi-Fi. I have not personally. Um, and so like, I don't, want to say like you, you have to do all these things and I haven't, you know, like that's not something that I'm trying to communicate. I am trying to say that like, there are steps you can take, do little things, um, do what feels right for you. Um, the grounding bags are great, little things like that. Um, and then go from there. And the people who are the most EMF sensitive are the ones who have the most metals in them because they will act as antennas. Yeah. Oh, and then that's one more thing. Um, EMFs cause mold to grow like six or 700 times. Yes. And so like we, and then we like, I mean, all of our country, I feel like is water infested. And so that's something that like, if you're mold sensitive, um, which is about 25% of the population, it's going to make it even worse. And so um, it's just, these are just things to keep in mind. Well, that's like after Chernobyl, which was a huge radiation um, issue. The only thing that grew back immediately was fungus and molds. Yeah. Well, and so it will also, uh, EMF will make your, your bacteria in your gut more resistant to antibiotics and herbs. And, and what are we seeing now? We're seeing a lot more of that, of that resistance. Yep. So yeah, there's a lot of things that you can do. Um, yes. we'll be putting some more information in the show notes about some of these things, links to some of these things. 
Um, and we will go back and edit our previous episodes and to I include those things in show notes as well to make sure we get and, this information to you all. And make sure that you stay hydrated with clean water. Yeah. Um, that helps significantly. And like I said, B6 gets depleted. So make sure your B vitamins are good. Uh, if you can take iodine, if not, um, then we labeled the other herbs. If you want to take something internally, uh, but control the control bows, turn off the routers at nighttime, stop using microwaves, stop using them, go yeah. and, and heat up on a stove. Um, I haven't used a microwave in a decade. And some people are like a decade. That's crazy. But as soon as I learned about it, I was done and it didn't affect my life in any way. Yeah. The, I use a toaster oven, like air fryer thing. that's stainless steel. Like that's something yes. that I reheat things quickly. So yeah. All right. I think we had a long podcast today before yeah. we get off. Lauren, what do we have to tell the people about what we always end oh, off? Of course. With? Uh, this is not considered medical advice. Please speak with your uh, healthcare provider before changing anything. This is meant to be educational. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And we love you all. We will see you on the next one and have a great weekend, everybody. Yeah. Bye-bye.